Hi, you guys. I'm Maddie. And I'm Emma. And this is the Content Creatives Podcast. Our mission is to inspire creatives to discover, grow, and own their brand. Um, In today's episode, we are going to do the first ever Emma Explains and four business concepts to apply to your creative passions. Uh, So we realize there are a few specific topics that we both feel passionate about. So with the help of Emma's sister, Angelica, we've come up with our own segments. Mine, she actually came up with the name for me. Literally, she came up with it in two seconds and it like (laughs) took her an hour to like help me figure out what my segment was. She literally was like, oh, Maddie's segment, easy. Maddie's moment. Duh. And I was like, okay, what about me? She was like, oh, uh, um, uh," and I was like, okay. Maddie's moment was like instantaneous. I'm honored. (laughs) I'm honored. I love it. And And Maddie's moment is a thing now. Yes. And mine is Emma Explains. Beautiful. I am going to have a Maddie's moment later on. But today we are going to start with Emma Explains. Um, But before we dive into business concepts with Emma, let's do our question of the day. What is the worst household chore? And then what's your favorite household chore? So for me, my favorite household chore is laundry. Oh, yeah. Did you know that about me? No, I did not. I actually like really, I mean, I I think like as a kid, that was like my main chore yeah. in the house. Like I did everybody's laundry. Yeah. Like that, like I did not do yard work. I did not. I cannot do yard no. work. I'm sorry. That would be a mess. No one <laughs> wants to see me mow their lawn. I'm sorry. No. I would probably just destroy it. <laughs> you can hire me to do it, but it's not going to be good. Yeah. I like did no yard work I did not cook but like laundry my parents were like all right like this is your job like you get the laundry done we'll take care of everything else but like this is your chore I could honestly see that I was like when you said laundry I was like eh, I just feel like no chores sound fun to me right now <laughs> but when you said that the more I think about it I'm like yeah I could see that because yeah. you could just like sit down watch tv or yes. something while you're mm-hmm. folding laundry I literally used to just like watch like the Harry Potter marathon on ABC Ooh. Family and like mm-hmm. fold clothes and I would just like take my time and my dad's like you're still folding laundry I'm like yep movie salon time. taking my time um worse household chore I'm trying to think like what I maybe for me it's like cleaning the bathroom Ugh. I have to I mean obviously you have to clean your bathroom but I think I'm always just like me if I can get Brandon to do it I'll just have him clean the bathroom yeah avoid at all costs <laughs> please if I don't need to do it yeah, because, like, other things, like, taking out the trash and recycling, I'm, like, whatever. Like, yeah. it takes two seconds. It's in a bag. Yeah, I don't care. But, like, for some reason, I'm, like, scrubbing the bathtub. I'm, like, oh, this takes forever. Speaking of scrubbing the bathtub, I would like to put this in here just so that it's recorded forever because I am annoyed with Sam. <laughs> he so this is actually a hilarious story. He took a um he took a bath and for the first time ever he used a bath bomb. He's never used a bath bomb before and I have this basket of bath bombs and there's this one that I just haven't used but I've had it forever so I have a feeling it went off or something which is why it did this or maybe it just does that naturally but it was a black one and it turned the bathtub black. Oh my gosh. Like the curtains, the like whole thing. That's not what I was mad at him about. I laughed so hard about that. It's just literally the whole thing is if you go in there, it's still black. Oh no. Like we've tried to like clean it and everything still black. Can't get it out. We're going to have to get a new shower curtain. But the thing that I'm mad about is I bought this like really nice new like loofah hand scrub mitt thing or whatever. I was super excited about it. I got it from TJ Maxx and I loved it. And that's what he used to scrub the bathtub. So he used my brand new super cute little 
little loofah mitt thing that I got and used it to scrub out the like black like residue in the bathtub. Oh my god. I hope he hears me talking about this right now because we haven't had this discussion yet, but I got so sad. I literally just got into the shower today and I looked at my my cute little loofah. Loofah? Yeah, loofah. I can't. The word sounds so weird now that I've said it so many times, but I looked at my cute little loofah and it was all black oh, and I no. got so sad. I was like, it's so. That's so funny. <laughs> he ruined my loofah. So yeah, speaking of scrubbing down bathtubs that is <laughs> i also would say that cleaning the bathroom is probably on my lower end for me i think the worst household chore has got to be dishes i'm sorry oh. i can't i just uh, like especially if you have like food that's gone bad that needs to like go down the like food dispenser disposal whatever i know oh the smell just thinking about it now i'm just, i can't do it i can't do it i hate like like when you're scrubbing off little bits of food like on your plate, ugh, like no, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like little wet food. No, no, no. not your thing. No, so mm-hmm. I would hard pass on dishes, mm-hmm. and also it makes my hands all soapy and gross. And I'm just like, no. Anyway, no on dishes. Um, I also like laundry. I'd say my favorite is probably just like tidying. Mm-hmm. I really like just like walking around the house. Like when I'm in a, when I'm in the zone and I can just like go around and like make my whole house look clean and like organize it. Like yeah. I am happy as a clam. I love that. All right guys. So you'll have to let us know what your favorite household chore is and what is your worst household chore on Instagram stories and our Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you what, what things you enjoy around the house and what things you don't enjoy. Let us know. So yeah, just let us know. Um, so we'll go ahead and jump into the first ever Emma Explains. Da, 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 da. We need I know, a theme I song. A, I need a theme song. Oh, we didn't do a theme song for the question of the day. So oh. we can make up by doing an Emma's... Uh, Emma Explains. Okay, it's like the same. That was really good. That I was, liked it. Okay, I right. like it. No, we'll keep it. <laughs> that was really good. Well, ha- that'll be our Emma Explains jingle. I'll come up with a Maddie's moment one. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful anyway all right so today's purpose is I wanted to share some core foundational business concepts I've learned in business school and working in corporate America that I have directly applied to my blog Instagram and brand Um, so these business concepts have helped me develop focus and grow my brand and they've also helped me establish Emma's edition and it's funny because when I was in business school in undergrad and even like the first couple jobs in corporate America I didn't even realize that like what I was learning in those environments could directly impact and like help you when you're starting your own thing your own side hustle you know and so it's it's fun to see this come full circle and so I also um, want to share this because I found out through the years that not all creatives see the business side of the influencer industry which is so weird like the looks that I get when I tell people that I'm a salesperson I'm like girl doing this is literally sales you're writing pitches and you're selling yourself like what yeah I'm like you're literally like negotiating rates like looking at contracts and and things like that and so it's a business I thought it would be fun to just start out maybe do like a part one for business concepts you can apply to your creative passions because yes we are fun we take awesome photos we 
play with fun props, but we are also business women. So if you are afraid to learn the business side, you aren't alone. Um, I think with time and, you know, just like making sure you take the initiative to like learn some of these core business practices, you'll be able to like get a handle of the business side of things. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm excited to dive in today. I'm Um, excited to hear what you have to say. I know like sometimes the business side can be scary, but really like, like when you start practicing them every day, it just starts becoming easier and easier and... Yeah. It just becomes a part of what you do. So everything I am bringing in, um, all of these things have been consistent, whether I was in business school or working in aerospace or working in the consumer packaged goods business. All of these things have helped me become a better blogger and content creator. So the first business concept I'm going to bring in and I'm so passionate to talk about is setting goals. Woohoo! And so setting goals goes beyond business school and our full-time jobs setting annual monthly or even weekly goals has helped me grow my brand yeah and we talked about this in the last episode too where I set very broad goals which isn't necessarily like I mean it's still great to have them but I think the more targeted you get the easier it is to work toward those goals agreed and so some of the things I set goals for is the amount of content I want to produce on a weekly and monthly basis the amount of money I want to make every month, and the brands that I want to work with. Um, One thing I see, at least like new, you know, content creators, new business, you know, women coming in is some people are really afraid to set financial goals. Yeah. And I get it. Like talking about money can be a scary thing and like putting it out there in the universe, like not just like talk, you know what I mean? Just like bringing it out there. Like that might just get your heart racing. I know that did personally, but One thing I started with, like, I didn't even say, like, I didn't start with, like, a monetary amount. I started with, I want to make enough money to cover photography. Because when I started Emma's Edition, yes, I had Holly, who was awesome, like, didn't charge me my senior year of college because I was making no money. But when I started working full-time, I was paying for photographers. And so I wasn't necessarily making money off brand collaborations, but I was paying for photography and not taking, not making any money off my blog. So I was operating a loss, but I literally started and I said, I just want to make enough money from brand campaigns to cover the cost of photography. Yeah. And the goals can start like, just like that, like literally just covering your base costs. And then as you grow, like starting to set those specific goals that's actually something I'm working on I actually hired speaking of outsourcing from the last episode I actually outsourced someone to help me with my financial goals to actually help me set some set some goals that's awesome (laughs) because I don't I was just like I would like to make money and do better than last year yes so that's my very broad goal yeah (laughs) no that's good um and then you know, I literally went from, okay, I just want to be able to pay for photographers. And then in 2018, I set the goal that I wanted to make $10,000 a year on my blog. And that covered the cost of photography, but I actually like also earn side money on that, you know? So there's a lot of power in saying your goals out loud and writing them down. I can't remember what the statistic is, but you're more likely to achieve your goal if you write it down. And so that's something that I always advise people to do i think it's 75 percent or something something crazy it's pretty high it's very high yeah i remember i was very startled when i heard that i was like well i need to start writing down my goals which i actually have a board in my i don't know if i told you this but i have a not a board but like a thing in my trello for my like life board um i have a thing for my goals i love that and yeah and i think like knowing putting your goals down where it's something you visit 
it doesn't have to be on a daily basis. Maybe it's weekly or it's monthly, but somewhere where you go, you obviously log into Trello all the time, all the time, right? Every day. <laughs> and, and for me, like I write my goals down in my planner because I look at my planner every day. Yeah. And I also write it down in my notebook because when I'm brainstorming content, I I honestly, I outline everything by hand first before yeah. I type it out. And so, um, yeah, just like knowing, making sure your goals exist somewhere where you can see them. Like it doesn't have to be a daily basis again, but it has to be somewhere where you, you where you are seeing it, you know, every and, once in a while. Yeah. And even if it's only once a month, like my goals board on like more part of the board on my Trello is like, it's a card so far to the left that like rarely do I see it, but it's probably like once a month. And there was one, I was so proud of myself the other day. It was, um, guys, I've been setting a goal to like actually work out, like yes. literally just work out. I haven't worked out in the last few years. Like that's so bad, but I literally, I haven't because I have a hurt knee. And so ever since I injured my knee senior year of high school, I just stopped working out because if I couldn't play soccer, I didn't want to do like treadmills. Like I didn't want to do any of that. So I stopped working out and a personal goal for me this year was to start working out. I work out at least four times a week now. Look at you, girl. Ah. It's just crazy, like, the power of writing down your goal. You know what I mean? Seriously. Yes. So the second business concept we want to bring in here is measuring your goals. So if you're setting goals, you got to measure them. And my very first job at Boeing um, was in finance. Crazy. I was not a finance major. I was really scared. But I was in finance. And I was in labor cost finance, which meant that we tracked our budgets if we were overspending or underspending in labor. And if that went beyond your head, it literally just means did we spend too much money? Yeah. Or did we not spend enough money when we said we were going to have X amount of employees? So this is going to be the budget for that X amount of employees. And so we should be you know, on target. So this finance job was the most technical job I've ever had because I didn't major in finance. Again, I did enjoy my one finance class at business school, but it was like not my strong suit at all. Um, I also lived in Excel. Oh my God. I'm sure. Lived in, I was like, this pivot table is my house. Like lived (laughs) in a pivot table. (laughs) Teach me Excel. I very rarely use it. I used to be so good at it. I used to just like, anyways, so very technical job. I also supported engineering and and the factory and so for like six months of my job I was like looking at engineering projects but from a finance standpoint and then the other six months of my job I was like looking at factory costs which was so different so that was a very stressful job for me it was not that fun I'm not gonna lie yeah but I did learn the importance of tracking and measuring your goals because literally my job was to track like the budgets and so it's so funny that like that one job I like was really stressed out about actually taught me the importance of like how you can track your goals. And I recommend tracking your goals on a monthly basis, quarterly and annually. So fancy. So I know. So it's kind of crazy. So monthly, obviously, like every month, just like checking in to see where you're at quarterly. So, you know, four times a year and then annually. So maybe you set like, you know, New Year's resolutions. It doesn't have to be New Year's resolutions, but you just like you know what, by February this time, 2021, or my gosh, we're in March, March 2021, I want to be at X, Y, and Z. And so for me, I put my financial goals in an Excel spreadsheet, and then I put my other goals in a planner. Um, And why it's important to track your progress is if you want to grow your brand, your audience size, your income, you have to see where you're at. 
Yeah. You know, you cannot like it's really hard when you're like, I want to grow by 20,000 next year. But you don't even know like, well, how much money are you making right now? Yeah. You know, like what are your expenses? Like what are like what's the tactical way you're going to climb towards that? So it's like really important to just like see where you're at. And then it's also important to track your progress because if you aren't hitting your targets, then you actually give yourself the opportunity to ask like, why isn't this working and what can I be doing better? Yeah, definitely. I think like I, with my goals, like my financial goals, I haven't started tracking like my spending for my blog really until like recently. Like I didn't know what my expenses were for like just Instagram related travel. Like I wasn't writing those off as expenses because I just didn't really think to do it. And now that I'm tracking it, like I really, I make less than I thought I did because I'm spending so much on props on travel. And so tracking that stuff to really like make sure that you are hitting your goals. If you want to make X amount this month, that like does include like your expenses. So then if you're saying, Oh, do I really want to buy like X amount of props like well okay like do I really need them no if I spend that money I'm not going to hit my goal this month so I'm just going to have to forego those props this month or this service this month or whatever it may be so one thing I set out to conquer in 2019 and I wanted to track my goals specifically was Pinterest Mm -hmm. and I've talked talked about this before but in 2018 I was not pinning I was not on Pinterest I had no idea what I was doing. I just, I didn't know what I was doing and I basically ignored the whole platform, yeah. which is crazy to me that I, I like look back. I'm like, oh my God, why did I do that? But at the same time, it was like, okay, in order for me to like not ignore this platform anymore, I needed to set that goal that in 2019, I was going to learn everything about it. And I was going to use Pinterest, l- learn about it. And it was going to drive more traffic to my blog. And so in I, it's funny, I like broke this down in quarters. And like the first quarter of 2019, my goal was just to learn about Pinterest. And I'll have to find the ebook I someone recommended to me. It was like maybe a $20 or $30 ebook. And I bought it, read through half of it, and I was like, okay, I have to just get committed. And I just started pinning on a daily week slash weekly basis. Girl, recommend that you know ebook to me. I know, I will recommend it. I can't remember <laughs> at the top of my head. I'll have to like look at my emails. But I so like literally quarter one just learning much as I can and then setting new habits of pinning if not a daily basis a weekly basis and like by the end of the year I literally hit a million monthly views a month which is crazy so it's like to me it's like I didn't set out and like hire somebody which is something you can totally do if you have the budget but like I just went out and I was like I have to learn everything I can about Pinterest at the beginning of the year and then I'm just going to execute on it like the rest of the year and execute to me meant pinning on a weekly basis joining group boards which I didn't even realize like was a thing until last year I'm part of like one group board I think, I think I'm a part of three and it it has been helpful to like we, can <gasps> we go should through start a content oh, creators podcast group board okay well you guys won't stay tuned we'll 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 open like a little it's Pinterest group board for us yeah we're gonna do it stay tuned join the Facebook group that's where you'll hear first so (laughs) but yeah so like I think setting that goal for Pinterest last year again like starting the year with zero like I have no idea what I was doing no views 
barely any followers. I think now I think now I have maybe like over 3000 followers in Pinterest, but like that doesn't uh, with Pinterest, like the following number isn't as important as like the traffic that you actually drive, you know, it's just yeah. a different platform. So yeah, that's like one time a really big big point in like my creative journey where I set out a goal and then tracked it to that and like paid attention to the monthly impressions and it was crazy it was like wow like I'm doing 17,000 monthly views oh my gosh I hit 50,000 whoa I'm at 300,000 I was like it just like kept growing but you know you just stay consistent and I think one thing with goals too is make sure and I think we talked about this in one of our first episodes is just make sure it's attainable for you like don't try to be like I'm going to post every single day if you're only posting like once a day right now. Try to set attainable goals for yourself so that you're not burning yourself out because I know for me like a lot of like setting these financial goals and everything else is super overwhelming for me. Like it does not come naturally and I I almost have to outsource them I feel like for it to be something that I can easily digest in do. So I think you just make sure that you're setting attainable goals so that you're not overwhelming yourself and you can give yourself some grace and understand that like not everything is going to happen all at once. Just set goals that are exciting to you, maybe a little bit like out of reach so that you can have something to work toward, but don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah. And like a big reason why I say to sell to set goals monthly, quarterly, annually is I actually recommend setting the overarching goal which is the annual goal so for example i want to drive 1 million monthly impressions on pinterest that's by the end of the year in 12 months that's what i want to do so like with that goal back up and be like okay so in six months in half of the year where should i be oh i should be at five hundred thousand monthly impressions and then you back up again and you say okay in that quarter that means i should be at two hundred fifty thousand. and then you divide that by the month you know what i mean so you can like think about your overarching goal and like think about what steps you need to take in order to reach that versus just saying I'm going to do X. Yeah. Then you can break it into something like actually consumable. Like whereas like if you're like, I want to save $10,000, like I would look at that and just be like, whoo, (laughs) all right, sure. Good luck with that. But like if you break it into, I want to save $10,000 over the course of like X amount of time and you can break it up by month, by week, it's a lot more attainable. Just like when you, you know, every, every, every website that you go on basically now to buy clothes has like the whole afterpay thing, right? It's like you could either spend a hundred dollars on this outfit or you could spend $33 a month for the next three months. You know, Mm -hmm. it seems a lot more like consumable if you're like oh over the course of the three months I can do it which is why that business is so successful yeah. but that's a whole nother deal yes all right so the third business concept I want to chat about with you guys is understanding costs so again one of the first lessons in business school we learn about is variable costs versus fixed costs so if you want to earn a profit someday on your creative passion your side hustle your business you need to understand what drives your costs and these terms will hopefully help you understand your business a little bit better. So what is fixed costs? Fixed costs is stable recurring costs. So an example of this is, is like monthly rent, right? Like no matter what happens at the end of the day, if you have a storefront or if you have an apartment, your rent's always going to be due. Yeah. Like you will always, you signed a lease for 12 months and that's the rate. And no matter what, that is a cost that you are going to incur no matter how much money you make that month. You will always pay that cost, right? Yep. And so 
fixed cost is different for everybody. For me, I consider fixed costs my cost of photography. Like if I have a six month long campaign and I hire Holly to shoot all the photos, like that to me is a fixed cost. I build her in. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it's something that you need. Like you can't like it's going to happen every single month like that's part of your business yeah or like your cell phone bill like your cell phone bill you need to bill yourself you need you literally need service yeah to be able to log on to instagram and engage like that is a monthly your internet bill like those are the bills that happen no matter what happens like you're gonna have to pay no matter what like those are fixed costs the other cost i wanted to chat about is variable costs so variable costs is costs that it just how to explain this it's variable <laughs> yeah like it does it literally doesn't always have to happen like it it it's not a regular co- it's not like a monthly cost that you know like you're going to incur yeah and variable cost maybe we just give the example that probably makes more sense so traveling you're not we're not traveling on a regular basis right like though I wish I wish we were you know and like traveling right there's so much variability in that like depending on different cities you go the airfare could be different gas parking yeah you know those are all variable costs and with variable costs at least like if you are operating a business that's like something you want to like limit the cost on because you already have fixed costs that you have to pay. And if you can limit your variable costs, that just means you have more profit to take home at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, if you have a financial goal for your blog or creative passion, like, you know, take a step back, look at how much you're spending every month, how much you earning in that profit after you take away these costs and like, think about what you're spending in your business. Yeah. I think another variable cost, and I could be wrong, some people might think this is a fixed cost, is the amount of money we spend on clothes. Oh my god. Because no one's like making us no shop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No. Like no one They're is really like, not. No one's like you have to spend a hundred dollars in outfits every no one is saying that. That is just definitely, my brain. <laughs> just me wanting to shop. Yeah, literally, I spend a ridiculous amount of money. And, but, like, the way that you could look at it, too, like, right, I've talked about Rent the Runway before. Like, that is a monthly cost for me. So that is a fixed cost that I incur because it's, like, my monthly prop, like, it's my monthly wardrobe. So then, like, that way, the variable cost for me is, like, okay, I already have four brand new outfits that I've already paid, like, X amount of money for. Do I really need to buy like these variable cost like cute dresses and stuff like Mm -hmm. I already have the ones that I need do I really need more on top of it nine times out of ten I will tell myself yes (laughs) but the answer is likely no yeah so the fourth business concept we wanted to to touch on is actually a variety of things but we wanted to talk about different business terms that will help you not only in the influencer industry but also if you're running a small business so first First business term is net profit. So net profit is your gross profit. So all the money you've earned in in your business minus your expenses. So that's actually the money you're taking home at the end of the day. So say a brand pays you $1,000 for a campaign, but photography was $250. You had to spend $10 on parking. You had to spend $100 on your outfit. You know what I mean? You have to like take those expenses into account. And then that's actually what you take home because it might sound fun and exciting when a brand's like, I'm going to pay you $1,000. But then when you actually like factor in the different things you have to spend money on, like props for flowers or maybe you're, you know what I mean? Like there's different things. So that's what net profit is. 
Um, we also wanted to touch on what net 60 versus net 30 is. I got so confused. The first time I heard this term was when I was working at my very first job and it literally said like the terms were net 30 and I was so confused. I had to ask my manager. I was like, hold on, what does this mean? And I still didn't understand. Like I didn't understand for like the first few months that I worked there, but then I finally got it. (laughs) It takes, I mean, that's not intuitive. That's like definitely like a business. It makes no sense. Where does the net come from? (laughs) I don't know. Jeez. So Anyway, so if at least in the influencer industry, what you really need to know about net 60, net 30, net 90 is those are the payment terms of when the brand will pay you. So if a brand says, hey, like this is net 30, that means when you complete this campaign on whatever, March 18th, we're going to pay you 30 days later. So you expect to see a payment on April 18th. So net 60 means they pay you in 60 days. Net 90 means they pay you in 90 days. I highly recommend net 30. Yeah. If you can, if you can negotiate net 30, do it. I have literally like, and you should always look and see what the payment terms are because I literally, there was one that I had was net 180. That's insane to me. Net 180. I've never seen that. Yeah. Oh my God. And I didn't know. And so then like when I was done, I was like, okay, all done. And I just like wait for it. And that's also what makes it really hard to track when your money's coming in. Right. And I know you mentioned that was like one of like your things that you're trying to work on is making sure that you follow up and get payment when you're owed it. Because Mm -hmm. if payment is coming in at different times and you don't know when to expect it, it can be really hard when all the, all the payment terms are likely different. If you can negotiate net 30, definitely recommend Recommend doing that yeah and like some companies will just say hey like sorry all our vendors are on net 60 and that's fine but like that's just like something to be aware of because I've had girls ask me like oh how do I demand brands pay me and it's like first of all you don't just what it's a negotiation yeah and two typically there's payment terms like if it's like a six month long campaign like maybe you can negotiate for the brand to pay you in month three and then at the very end of the campaign like versus waiting the full six months right yeah because that's a lot of work to put especially if you're paying for photography that's a lot of upfront costs that you're then having to wait to get your money back on and I'd especially say like the payment terms are especially important if you do have those upfront costs that you're looking to get back photography probably being one of the bigger ones agreed and if you're wondering like wait a minute why do brands have net 30 or net 60 um a big one is like brands businesses holding on to cash right the more cash you have in your business like the more I had to explain that this is like a very like corporate financial term yeah it's like when you have cash on hand like cash is king and so you can make different business decisions you can reinvest back into your business and so if you don't have to pay your vendors like right away right away then like that means you can take that money now and invest it back into marketing or you know new product development like that cash helps free you up and like just helps you make it just gives you the opportunity to make different decisions I mean but you have to pay your vendors at the end of the day so anyways that's the different payment terms another term we want to talk about exclusivity and so that might that one's probably pretty straightforward right so there are some brands who require exclusivity um, for an entire month so like two weeks before the campaign you can't work with you know a shoe competitor and two weeks after you also can't work with a shoe competitor so that's a whole month of exclusivity yeah and then some brands are even as aggressive as you cannot work with a competing brand for 90 days and so just like paying attention to that 
that is also negotiable. Yeah. And something you have to think about with exclusivity too, right? Is like if you are willing to give them that, think about the opportunities you might be missing out on. Like, and that's like exactly what Emma's saying. Like you can negotiate it like by saying, listen, if I am only exclusively working with you and they could make it something broad as any skincare related items that could be the exclusivity if that's a three-month exclusivity and they're only paying you like what like a hundred bucks and then another skincare brand comes and wants to work with you and they're willing to offer like three hundred dollars then you like lost that you know yeah yeah you like three months can't do that exclusivity is a real thing i have heard of brands suing influencers for go like ignoring or not seeing or like not understanding that exclusivity is a very real thing in the marketplace like yeah so that's also an opportunity to charge more yeah if a brand's like hey you can't work in this category for three months triple your rate yeah be like well then if i'm missing out on three times the opportunities then there you go (laughs) just literally ask them be like hey that they will understand like and if they don't want to triple the rate then like come to a middle or honestly like be like hey can we lower this window from three months to one month yeah i can honor a month that makes sense to me i don't want my feet to look crowded but like three months is unreasonable like contracts are super negotiable you are not super negotiable but i think people need to realize that i remember when i first started i'd get a contract and i was like okay i guess i just have to do this you know and Mm -hmm. like but you can come back and that's especially one thing that i've realized just over the course of the years like you really can come back and say these terms either don't work for me or if we're keeping these terms then i need to bump my rate up yeah and then one other thing i wanted to add on to exclusivity um along with these negotiations is you can lower the window and you can also get the brand to specify so like there are brands out there who like you can't work with any skincare company for a whole month and it's like whoa 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 that is way too broad because skincare could be anything skincare could be anything and so one thing i've done is like okay can it be skincare in your price point yeah you know what i mean like in this drugstore category i can't work with skincare brands or in this premium category i can't work with skincare brands so there's so many ways to slice it yeah And then the last term we wanted to talk about is statement of work or SOW. SOW. And so if you've seen this acronym in email, statement of work literally just outlines the deliverables of the campaign. So when they say, hey, the statement of work is X amount of Instagram posts, stories, blog posts, like that's just what that means. Yeah, it's basically just what they want you to do. All right, guys. So those are four business concepts you can apply to your brand. I hope Ooh. I hope that sheds some light on how I see my brand as a business. And hopefully that helps you too, you know. Helps me. <laughs> that's for sure. And so the bonus term um, and my bonus tip for today is da-da-da, another business term. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 we got more for you. <laughs> it's the last one, I swear. And this one is sunk cost. Don't do. Have you heard of sunk cost before? I have. Oh, you have. Okay. Uh-huh. I was going to say. Look at me. <laughs> so business I know something. <laughs> I know. All my business school acumen is like coming back to me. I'm like, goodness gracious. <laughs> you know, back in business school. Oh my goodness. Yep. So, so by definition, sunk cost is a cost that has already happened and can't be recovered. So Goodbye. this is a good example. Um, And maybe it's not as okay. So like if you paid for a plane ticket, but then you have to cancel the trip because of a family event but the airline like won't give you your money back because maybe like there's like some specific fares where it's like a saver fare or whatever and you you just like can't get your money back back. then like the amount of money you spent on that ticket is sunk costs and the way I apply that to life and 
in being an influencer, like managing my brand, my blog, there's no use on dwelling on things that you've spent your resources and energy on and didn't see a return back. You live and you learn. So like, don't waste your time sulking over something that didn't work out. Oh, that's Isn't that a good so one? cute. I love how you applied that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that's such like a businessy term and you made it so deep. Well, especially like there's times where like I've been in deep negotiations with the brand, but we just don't see eye to eye, like the number of deliverables, like they're asking for, plus the timeline, plus X, Y, and Z. I'm like, that is not the price I would do this at. And I know my worth is more, but then like, cause like I've given up campaigns that were thousands of dollars, but I'm like, that's not like this. I would charge triple. You're asking for triple, triple the amount of work. And so for me, it's like, I could be like, wow, like I turned down this $4,000 campaign. Like I should have taken that. I should have done this. Like, you know, whatever. But for me, it's like, you can't like waste your time dwelling on the past. Because that's just that you learned a lot from like those negotiations. You learned a lot about your worth. Like you learned a lot about like what you do want to charge and like your business like moving forward. That actually happened to me recently where I... It was so sad. I had, yeah, I'll talk, I'll talk to you about that one later, but it was really sad. I spent a lot of time like working with this brand, like hopped on a lot of calls and couldn't end up meeting eye to eye, which was just really unfortunate. But I love the perspective that you took on it. Like you live and you learn. You can't just keep looking back on it and be like, darn it. Wish I could have done that. Mm -hmm. You can even apply that to like your posts. Like if you spend a lot of time creating a post and it doesn't perform well, like you live and you learn. Maybe that's not the content that you like keep creating. Or if it's stuff that you love, like maybe pivot, like maybe start to like prime your audience, like see, you know, like you live and you learn. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the term sunk cost, very businessy, but definitely applies to life too. We love it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear if you guys have any additional business terms that you want to share with the Content Creatives Podcast community. And we would also love to connect with you guys on Instagram at Content Creatives Podcast, our personal Instagrams at Emma's Edition and at Mad Cray. And let us know what you guys thought of this week's episode on Instagram stories, on our Facebook group. Please join. We would love to have you and we'll see you guys next time. See you later.